Welcome back to another episode of Can You Dig It, a podcast by SilverScreenAndRoll.com, SB Nation's Lakers community. I am Christian Rivas, joined by Jacob Rude. And today's a big day, Jacob, because I'm wearing a hoodie, and that's why it's a big day. <laughs> the fall weather's finally there. It's uh, I kind of laughed when I got on because in Indiana today, it was about 75 degrees, um, and in chino it is like mid 50s so maybe we've switched uh 2020's latest trick is that we've switched climates um, congratulations if that's yeah the case. <laughs> i'm a really big fan of this but yeah it is unseasonably warm here it was a it was a big weekend for me though because as somebody who is hip and on top of all the trends i Finally had the Popeye's chicken sandwich on uh, Saturday, and boy, that was worth all the hype. Yeah. <laughs> like, I so my my excuse is that the closest Popeye's to me is like 90 minutes away, and I'm never. It's in Indianapolis basically, and I'm not down there too often. And if I am, I'm not thinking about going to Popeye's. <laughs> um, and I just happened to be leaving, um, heading back home, and I was hungry, and I thought, wait a second, I can finally get Popeye's. So I had to wait forever, but not that you needed my <laughs> uh, recommendation, or if you haven't already eaten it, it's probably on you like it was on me, but uh, that was delicious. So yeah, it's been a great weekend. Yeah, it has been. It has been a week for sure. I have two oh, questions buddy. for you. Yeah. Number one. Did you go regular or spicy? Regular. Oh, that's a shame. You need to go back and have that spicy, <laughs> sir. It's really, well, really good. Well, in uh, seven, I don't even know how long the sandwich has been out. Next year, I'll get the spicy one. <laughs> uh, and then, did you have it with or without pickles? Oh, pickles are disgusting. Smart man. That is the answer I wanted to hear. I'm glad I don't have to disavow you as my co-host because <laughs> pickles are disgusting although kendrew uh our friend kendrew who's been on the show maybe twice now um mm-hmm. made us like popeye style fried chicken sandwiches and he had he put like fried pickles in there and it wasn't bad i'll be honest if i've haven't liked kendrew's many times or <laughs> kendrew's <laughs> pickles wow. many times in my life um but those were good um but as weather is dropping here in Southern California, NBA rumors are just heating up. Uh, and we got, eh, yes, thank you. I'm I will take clapping it. you for that segue. <laughs> I was going to keep it silent, but good job. Uh, we, got a, we got a free agency rumor. We've had a few over the last week or so. I think the most loud rumbles we've heard have had to do with Chris Paul, but As you and I know, that trade probably is not happening at this point. It's just people saying they think Chris Paul is going to get traded to the Lakers without outlining why or how they do it, because that's the hard part. (laughs) I wouldn't dare get into how they do it because it just, it's a whole lot of contracts. And, you know, the scenarios where signing trades are involved, you trigger the hard cap and, That's just not something you want if you're the Lakers and you're trying to go star chasing next summer. It's all bad. We finally had. I was was trying to do the the trade real quick on the trade machine, and you would need multiple players to opt in that are already opting out. (laughs) So, yeah, there's literally not a trade possible. But we got a semi realistic free agency rumor uh, courtesy of Forbes, who reported. Thompson does have interested suitors on the market, mainly the Los Angeles Lakers, Los Angeles Clippers, and Toronto Raptors, according to league sources. But those same sources also shared that Thompson would like to try and finish his career with the Cavaliers and continue helping the team's young core develop. With all due respect to Tristan Thompson, he is a better man than I am. (laughs) If my contract expired with the Cleveland Cavaliers, 
and the roster they have right now, even knowing that Kevin Love is still on the roster and Larry Nance Jr., one of my firstborn sons, is on that roster. Um, just as an aside, I love him. I watched his Men in Blazers segment on uh, NBC Sports the other day, and it's not just the fact that he's a Chelsea fan. It's just that he's like a genuinely likable dude. Shout out to Larry Nance Jr. Um, but if I'm Tristan Thompson, I'm getting out of there as soon as I can. Why am I even entertaining the idea of a contract extension in Cleveland? It feels like one of those courtesy, like, yeah, I'll take a meeting first with you guys. <laughs> then I'm going to head to L.A. and meet with those teams, and I ain't coming back. Uh, <laughs> if your choices are between Cleveland or a couple of L.A. franchises, pretty confident in thinking that you will come to one of the L.A. franchises. Also, I mean, if we're talking about the Cavaliers roster, I'm pretty sure Andre Drummond is opting in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which was a re- still a really weird trade by the Cavaliers. I mean, they got Drummond for really cheap, but I don't know. That was an odd trade. So seems like the writing might be on the wall. I don't know why Cleveland would want him back unless they just intend on trading him midseason. Um, because between Thompson, Drummond, and Kevin Love, that would just be a really odd front court, especially for a rebuilding team. Yeah, they have a, if I'm not mistaken, they have a top 10 pick this year. They do. Um, And if you look at the top 10, you're looking at guys like James Wiseman, Oneka Okongu, Ovi Topin. That that front court is going to get very crowded very fast, and that's assuming it isn't already. Again, you have Larry there already. Andre Drummond, Kevin Love. It's it's weird. I don't know why Tristan Thompson would come back. Uh, I think if you had a guess, it probably has to do with the money they can offer him compared to what everybody else can offer him. If you're Tristan Thompson, you're resigning that contract with the expectation that if the team isn't competitive sooner rather than later, you're out of there and the Cavaliers get an asset or two in exchange for him because he's still a decent player. The Lakers, as it pertains to them, I don't know how much Tristan Thompson's going to demand in his next contract. He made $18 million last season. Shout out to Rich Paul. Um, <laughs> I don't know what the market for him is going to be in free agency. Um, I had a tweet earlier that I wouldn't pay anywhere north of $7 million for him. For context, I believe JaVale McGee is going to be making roughly $5 million. 4.2 million. Um, it's not a great market for centers that kind of play traditionally. I know Tristan Thompson tried to extend his range towards the end of last season and did it with some success, but not at a particularly high volume to where if you're the Lakers or any other team, you're signing Tristan Thompson to come in and and make three-pointers. Um, but I know you wouldn't get anywhere near $7 million before, before saying no to Tristan Thompson. Yeah, it has more to do with the position. I just think it's relatively easy to find um, big men. I mean, we've talked about it a couple weeks in a row now, but between the amount of big men that will be on the – um market and i mean realistically when the playoffs came around the lakers weren't playing dwight and javel all that much they did in the portland series obviously they just really didn't play at all against houston dwight played a decent role against denver but then against miami um they went without centers again. So I don't see the value in paying that much money to a guy that when the playoffs come around, you're not really going to have him on the court. You're going to have AD at the five. Yeah. Um, that's the main thing. But, I mean, in a vacuum, Tristan Thompson would be a terrific fit, I think, for the Lakers. He, Because I'm kind of working under the assumption that Dwight is gone. I think he's going to cash in on his – um, kind of final chance at a contract. So if that's the case, um, 
you probably aren't going to find somebody as kind of a like-for-like replacement more than maybe Thompson. Uh, I mean, looking at last season, Dwight's probably biggest strength was his offensive rebounding. He averaged 14 – his offensive rebound percentage was 14.6%, which was one-tenth of a point ahead of Tristan Thompson. Um, Dwight, in general, rebounded a bit better overall, but still – Tristan does some things that, uh, like you said, he can. He tried to stretch the floor a bit. I don't know how much he would do that in L.A., but if we're looking for a like-for-like like replacement, which I don't – again, that I don't know if they should. We may get into that a bit later, but Tristan would be that guy. But I would – I don't think I would honestly probably go above a vet minimum, and if he's signing a vet minimum for us, that is the Clutch Sports discount. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Um, but I think you, I, I think you hit it right on the head. I think Tristan Thompson. I don't know if this is a hot take. I shouldn't be just because of like just general age and recent production. But I think Tristan Thompson is probably a better player than Dwight Howard and Javale McGee. Um, the problem with Tristan Thompson and where you get into the question of how much is he actually worth to the Lakers is the best version of Tristan Thompson at center isn't even better than like Anthony Davis on an off night at center. It's mm-hmm. the idea of who's going to be playing center in the playoffs and, you know, bearing like a disastrous season for Anthony Davis or like injury. And I am knocking on wood here. I am too. Um, you're not, you're not going to be playing Tristan Thompson at center in the playoffs, the same way you're not playing JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard at the center in the playoffs, unless you're going up against the likes of a Nikola Jokic. And even then Anthony Davis has shown that he's capable of guarding almost anybody on the floor. Um, That's point number one. Point number two, you look at the guys that will likely be available for far less Uh, chief. um, like just throwing some names out there. Uh, Mason Plumlee is going to be a, an, an unrestricted free agent. Nerlens Noel, who had like a, if you look at defensive metric metrics, Nerlens Noel was pretty good last season. It just goes back to the idea of, you know, non-shooting centers and, and, you know, guys who will probably get played off of the floor in the playoffs, which is fine. You, you need regular season guys and it's especially for mm-hmm. the Lakers and Anthony Davis prefers to play a power forward. You need guys that can soak up minutes there not for north of 7 million and certainly not for the mid-level exception. There, I mean, there's a lot of bigs. Aaron Baines is another one that would be interesting. Um, I mean, I think there was a rumor today about Serge Ibaka and the Lakers potentially being really interested in him. Um with someone like Serge, I would be more open to giving him the mid-level or at least a good chunk of it because he brings a skill set different from Tristan or Dwight because he can shoot. Yeah. Um, he can spread the floor. I mean, you saw how, um, I guess, Im- impactful, impressive – um, the lineups with Markeith at the fo- or at the four next to Dwight were in the playoffs. Imagine putting Ibaka there, who is pretty much across the board a better version of Markeith. Um, and I think you'd have a really strong lineup. And Serge can play the five, um, especially in the playoffs for, for stretches. So someone like that I would be more interested in. Um, Aaron Baines, like I mentioned, is more of a shooter. There's just a lot of guys that are on the market. I mean, we saw this year Dwight and JaVale. Dwight, or excuse me, JaVale was a little bit above the vet minimum, but Dwight was a vet men player, and they both had huge seasons. Like, yeah. um, you can find guys like that. I mean, there might even be an argument for just basic, quote-unquote promoting Devontae Kaycock and have yeah. him take Dwight's role as well. Or just like straight up running it back with JaVale and Dwight. Obviously, they'd have to agree to that. We've talked about the role the Lakers can offer Dwight and JaVale. Um, obviously, can't start both of them. I mean, you can, 
<laughs> but you shouldn't. If you're um, Byron, you might. Or no, Luke. <laughs> Luke's the one that started like Sakre and or not Sakre, uh, Zubats and Javale together. I think one game. Nuts. Just absolutely mm-hmm. nuts. I think it had like mostly had to do with injuries, but the fact that that was even floated is lunacy. <laughs> um, but regardless, yeah, I I think. If the Lakers are going to roll with the two-headed monster at center again, I think it'll be a similar caliber players, uh, players that don't need to play in excess of 15 minutes a night and can rotate for each other, uh, or okay sitting on nights where they have to play Anthony Davis at center. Again, not going to happen a lot in the regular season. We didn't see it happen a lot in the regular season, uh, even this past season. But in the playoffs, you have to have just high character guys like JaVale and Dwight who are okay with watching their team win games and lose games with them on the sidelines. Now, granted, the Lakers didn't lose many games in the playoffs, so maybe that was a little easier for them to do. But um, I mean, that's ultimately the, the crux of the idea. And I think just an overarching theme with any conversation around the center position this season uh, is going to be that it's not a big position of need because Anthony Davis exists. Um, and when we get back from our short break, we're going to look at positions that the Lakers could actually use help in and not just, you know, actual positions one through five, but areas of need. So that'll be us when we get back. So if I had a guess, the Lakers aren't going to spend a ton of money at center this off season. If it is, it's, I, I don't know. Somebody would have to have, become available unexpectedly uh surge would be the exception for me i think that's an excellent point um if robin lopez or sorry robin lopez will be available if brooke lopez was available i'd also take a look see there um i think him and 80 would be so much fun i think we may have burned the bridge on that one (laughs) (laughs) probably but oh no i was gonna say it's a new regime but um i don't think it is palika was there that's a shame. Brooke, if you're listening, hi. We're sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Come on the pod and talk about Star Wars with us. That would be awesome. Um, but no, it's um, the center position probably isn't going to be a priority. Uh, and I think if you're to look at the roster as a whole, the four and five, I think, are the two positions the Lakers look at and say, mm, I think we're all right. Or at least even if you don't look at the talent they have available there now. And now I'm just talking about the four position. You have Anthony Davis and Kyle Kuzma there. You'll probably bring Marquise Morris back. And I think you're done there. Like that's all you need if you're the Lakers Um, can never have too many versatile forwards. Um, And, but I think that speaks to the three position more, which is where I think we can pick up where we left off at the trade deadline and in the buyout market when, you know, you were talking about the biggest needs for this team was perimeter defense and and three-point shooting. And I think that's still absolutely true uh, and will be true the first day of free agency. Yeah, shooting. See, it's kind of weird because I think overall the Lakers shot well well enough in the bubble. Um. Because there's going to be a trade-off. It's going to be really hard to find someone that plays defense as well as the Lakers did, particularly in the finals, but also can shoot at a high level. And if you find that type of person, you're probably not going to be able to afford them with the mid-level exception, which is going to be their biggest weapon, the Lakers' biggest weapon. Um, But, yeah, the wing position in general is – probably the biggest need um they really i thought kind of got away with not having a true wing last year aside from lebron obviously mm-hmm. um at times kuzma just from a size standpoint was that guy um but i mean we you and i discussed it everybody saw it they got they got a little lucky not having to match the Clippers because that would have been a an area of weakness, even yeah. if they would have had strengths otherwhere uh, or other places. So I would say a wing would be the most likely place, uh, basically a true small forward would be the most likely place for them to look to spin the mid-level exception 
And there's a lot of names on the market that are intriguing for a couple of different or for many different reasons. Yeah, I so I think the name that's been thrown around a lot for every team that's going to have even like in in the area of ten million dollars is Jeremy Grant. Um, yep. I fully expect him to work out a new contract with the Nuggets because you're the Nuggets and you're not sure you're going to bring Paul Millsap back or you are sure you're going to bring Paul Millsap back, but you're not convinced that he can be that starting four anymore. Then you bring Jeremy Grant back and hope that Michael Porter Jr. can fill in that that spot at the three. Or Will Barton, who we didn't see at all in the bubble. Um, so I, I expect Jeremy Grant to be back. You go a little further down the list, like past Jeremy Grant, it's not that impressive. Um, one name I was looking at was Kent Bazemore, but again, that's another instance where the Lakers might have burned their bridges there. In that instance, they can say new front office regime. <laughs> Look at what happened with Dwight Howard. We got him a ring. Please come here. Um, but I don't know. I think he'd be a great pickup. He hasn't been like great in recent years. He's a good energy guy on defense and his three-point shooting is is okay but if you're be- if, if we're being honest that's really all the lakers need out of that three spot is is somebody that can make threes on occasion um in his 25 games with the sacramento kings kent basemore shot 38.4 percent on only 2.9 attempts per game uh for the season total he shot 34.4 percent not bad not great uh but i mean whether it's the mid-level exception or even the veterans minimum biennial exception, um, because for those that aren't aware, the mid-level exception can be split up and handed out to a few places. And I ultimately think that's what the Lakers will do. Um, I think Marquise Morris will probably be priority number one in that regard for the Lakers. Cause I think you'll have to dip into the mid-level exception to resign him. Cause they do not have his bird rights. Um, but Kent Bazemore is again one that one that I'm looking at. Um, beyond that, you have Carmelo Anthony, uh, which cool. I I don't know if I've said it on the podcast like since the finals ended, since the Lakers won Game Six. But seeing Dwight Howard win a championship in a Lakers uniform for a moment, I thought. How cool would it be to see Carmelo Anthony win a championship in a Lakers uniform? Uh, I didn't have that thought. Um, (laughs) To be be blunt. uh, I did. I mean, it was really cool to see it for Dwight. I think with Dwight, it was mainly cool because it was kind of a full circle moment for when he first came here. Um, I mean, when he first came here, that's kind of, the start of when he went from this fun, goofy guy in Orlando to kind of the annoying teammate, basically, that kept getting shipped from team to team. So it was nice to see him in that regard. There's one other name before we, we mentioned some more of like the like bargain bin, basically, small forwards, because I agree um, it get, it kind of drops off quickly. Gallinari is another name that will be interesting to see. Right. Um, I guess I I would still probably classify him as a small forward, though I would imagine if he came to L.A., there'd be a lot of lineups with him at the four, AD at the five, and LeBron. I mean, I guess he'd be the point guard. There'd be some interesting lineups. And, I mean, just kind of saying that out is why I have some concerns because <laughs> – yeah. I don't really know if he can play with uh, LeBron and AD to close games, but he's one of those guys that the value almost might be too much because he had he had a quote basically saying, I want to win a ring and I'll prioritize that over getting a payday. I'm paraphrasing because I don't have the quote in front of me, but that was more or less what he said. Uh, winning a ring was most important right now. And, um I don't know if it's important enough to sacrifice that much money to take the mid-level. Um, he's a heck of a playmaker. The other concern is he has struggled to stay healthy. 
Um, so I don't know. I, I mean, do you see him as a realistic option for this Lakers roster? Probably not for the same reasons I outlined for Jeremy Grant. Um, not that I think OKC is going to retain Gallinari unless they just completely shift their priorities and, and try to become a contender now with CP and Gallinari and Shea. I don't know why in God's name they do that, but they won't never rule anything out, I guess. Uh, so yeah, I, I think, um, the big question for Gallinari and the only reason I have a sliver of hope is I just don't know how many contending teams that are out there can offer him like the, uh, some combination of winning and, and getting paid. I was trying to go through my head to see if there were it'd be interesting to see if he'd be open to going back to the Clippers. Um, uh, that wouldn't solve any of their problems, though, because they need more of a traditional center. It seems like Trez's days might be numbered there, so maybe he kind of replaces Trez's role in the rotation. Uh, I mean, Miami was trying really hard to get him at the deadline, so maybe there's some type of sign-in trade that can work out there. I think they have, unless it changed from the Iggy deal, but I think they had cap space. Like, that was the whole end game is is being able to sign him using cap space um i'd have to i'd have to look and see if, if that changed as a result of the Iguodala extension but uh i know that was a thing before um the Did team he... that everybody's talked about in terms of just having cap space is the hawks but again if you're gallinari and you want to prioritize over winning over uh getting paid the hawks probably aren't the team you're looking at Neither are the Knicks, Pistons, or Hornets. Um, the Suns may be a fit there. Um, a, a front court with him and DeAndre Ayton might be fun. But um, again, you're, if you're Gallinari, you're more looking at you know teams like the Heat or working out a sign-and-trade elsewhere in the league. Yeah, so the Heat, they could get some cap room. Uh Assuming Goran Dragic doesn't sign for signs for less than twenty eight point eight million, which safe bet even before his injury. Um, but more importantly, they would have the mid level as well, so they would be able to make the same offer the Lakers would, and probably a bigger role because um, I think he could. I mean, Jay Crowder is a name I have down. I'd be sub. I think you could flop Gallo and Jay Crowder, um, and probably that's an improvement. I mean, they could just bring back Jay Crowder too, but you can put Gallo in Jay Crowder's role, yeah. and that would be an improvement. So, Or even like a Kelly Olenek, some of the stretch bigs that they had. Um, I think Myers, Leonard's is, Myers Leonard is a free agent. So I don't know that Gallo would be – a great fit for the Lakers, but it's a name worth worth monitoring. Um, but yeah, once you get past Grant and Gallo, like the names I have written down are like Jay Crowder, Wes Matthews if he opts out, uh, Baysmore, Justin Holiday is an interesting one. Yeah, um, from the Pacers, he shot forty percent from three this season um can play he's a he's a traditional wing um he's 31 but he's probably one of the better three and d options available after uh or, uh grant and gallo um i don't know if anybody would offer him the full mid-level exception but i think he would get more than the vet minimum certainly so um, like you were mentioning, the Lakers could potentially give Keefe part of the mid-level and then spend the rest on a player like Holiday. Um, and then after that, I mean, you're looking at Glenn Robinson the third. Um, an interesting one. I mean, mainly because I've liked this guy, Rondé Hollis Jefferson. He's not going to be able to shoot, obviously, yeah. but. 
considering the defensive identity the Lakers had and that Hollis Jefferson is basically still in the league because he's a superb defender. Um, it'd be interesting to see. He could be – I mean, if the Lakers kind of go small, it'd be interesting because we saw AD can guard wings. So if Hollis Jefferson's in, maybe he guards the five and plays more of a center role. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see. I, that's a – I don't want to say three and D, but that's more of a small forward option. Um, I mean, Kid Gilchrist maybe, but that's another – person in the same vein as Hollis Jefferson. So um, I think that wing spot, they may focus more on defense. Ultimately, 3 and D is what they need, but I don't know if there's going to be one player that they can land that would fill that need. So it may be just kind of piecing a couple guys together, and you can get shooting in other places. If you can get some wing defenders, especially like we've said – to match up with a PG and a Kawhi, um, then you can get shooting elsewhere and improve in other spots and try to piece it together like that. It's funny you mentioned Michael Kidd Gilchrist because I was reading an article from Mark Berman of the New York Post the other day, and in it, he like said in passing, which I think is more of a story than the Lakers, or sorry, than the Knicks potentially going after Michael Kidd Gilchrist was. Um, he reported that it's like a zero chance that Mo Harkless is back with the Knicks next season. Uh, I didn't even think of him. And I, I would love him on mm-hmm. like the vets minimum. He, I think he fits the mold exactly of what the Lakers need out of that, out of that position, a low usage guy to play in the second unit with AC and, you know, hopefully Contavious Caldwell Pope. Um, I think he'd be great. Yeah, I was. I think he shot pretty well last season. Yeah, I have it pulled up here. Um, he didn't in New York, but with the Knicks or not uh, with the Clippers, he was a thirty-seven percent three-point shooter. Um, he's up and down as a shooter, but yeah, as you mentioned, as a kind of a bench wing, just to give you 10, 15, 20 minutes a night, that would be a really interesting option. I kind of forgot. I mean, I really wanted them to try to get him in the buyout market, and for reasons I don't really know, he didn't want to be bought out from New York. I know he's a Knicks fan growing up, um, but considering he's now not going to go back to the Knicks, that was an interesting decision. But, uh, no, yeah, absolutely. I kind of forgot about him. I would probably rank him – I mean, this probably says more about how bad the – wing market is but he would be one of the top five wing three like three and d wings out there yeah at at least within the lakers price range i think you're correct um yeah the only other area of need i think the lakers really need help at um is at one of the guard positions i say one of because when you look at this team lebron james is a point guard and everybody else just needs to shoot three pointers and play defense um Rondo was obviously a big help. We saw the value in having another primary ball handler on the floor with LeBron James. It unlocks another, you know, a layer of of the Lakers offense that I think was a really big help for them in the postseason. Uh, there are not too many star point guards on, on the market this offseason. Um, the Lakers, at least right now, don't need a star point guard. So, I mean, I guess that's good for them. Fred Van Vliet, I think, is the biggest name, but the Raptors are going to pay him. A little bit. Yeah, yeah. A little bit out of our price range. <laughs> probably whatever he wants uh, to be paid. I think he's probably in the top three free agents available this offseason. Um, beyond that, you have Goran Dragic, who Pat Riley has already gone on record and said that he's hoping to bring back and take care of. Um, then honestly, if, if you look at the top 10 point guards available, Rondo is in that like conversation, which is crazy. That being said, if Rondo opted out of his current deal to pursue a bigger deal, I don't know how high I would go for Rondo. Not much higher than the vets minimum is, is where I'm at. 
see, I'm a, I don't really know how I think of that basically. Like it's so odd because on one hand, I don't want to go as far to say as we don't win the title without him, but it certainly wouldn't have been as easy, obviously without him, like his value in the playoffs cannot be overstated. Um, he probably became like a Lakers cult legend after that playoff run. At the same time, you got to kind of ask yourself, can he do that again? Or can he keep doing that? Um, it was interesting recently listening to Alex Caruso on the JJ Reddick podcast. He talked multiple times about how much he learned from not just LeBron, but Rondo was a name he mentioned a lot as well. Um, there's a lot of value in that too. It's basic. I mean, I'm glad I don't have to make that decision as to how much to pay him um, because I really don't know what the answer would be. It's one of those things that maybe you just keep bringing him back and running it back until finally one playoffs, he can't flip the switch. But considering what he just did these playoffs, how good he looked for the vast majority of it, it would be hard not to bring him back unless he's asking for a lot of money. Um, Also because as you kind of alluded to the point guard market is not great either. Um, At least not in terms of someone that could step in and fill Rondo's shoes. Um, Yeah. I I mean, you you look at the point guard market, you're looking at DJ Augustine, who I wouldn't mind at all. Any, any point guard that can like handle the ball a bit and make three pointers is welcome. Uh, on the Lakers, uh, Jeff Teague, I'd be less enthused about. Same can be said of (laughs) Reggie Jackson. Uh, the one I have two names on here that I'd be very interested to see the Lakers pursue. Uh, I have two names as well, so let's see if they match. The first is Austin Rivers. Um, that name does match. (laughs) I don't know if he'll lose if he'll leave Houston, he's been there for a little while now. And I think whether or not Mike D'Antoni is there, he kind of fits the ethos of what they're trying to do. Um, now, Nakias Duncan of Basketball News wrote a really good free agent primer on on who the Lakers should covet, and uh, he was on that list for a lot of the same reasons I, I listed, so make sure to check that out. Um, the other guy I was looking at... <laughs> and I think this is also the guy you have on your list, is none other than Jordan Taylor Clarkson. <laughs> I didn't but, know his middle name, but yeah, he was on my list. I He's probably going to be more expensive than Austin Rivers is just because of... Actually, before I say this, let me check. It's been a little while since I've checked on JC. Um, I think they're going to oh be relatively God. the same. He's 28 already? <laughs> How, how long has it been? It's been <laughs> how old time. am I? It's been a long time. That's I mean, crazy. They're the, they're the same age. They're not the same player, but yeah. more or less they have the same kind of production, basically. So they're gonna. I think they'd be roughly the same. I I don't know why. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the market will be bigger for Jordan Clarkson, and I I can't explain why. <laughs> for being honest, I mean. Clarkson is more of a – he's definitely a guy that can, like, explode for more points, basically. Yeah. Like, there's a there's a higher ceiling with him, which typically means there's probably a lower floor. Um, I mean, not even joking, there were times for the Jazz that Where he, he was their best player. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Or he was their second best player next to Donovan Mitchell in the playoffs. Nope, I say um, I say that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Uh, I mean, he averaged 15 points on 46% from the field, 36% from three uh, in 42 games with Utah. Um, he was, like, objectively good for that team. I was going to try 
Yeah, in the playoffs, he averaged 28 minutes a game. Holy cow. Uh, 16.7 points on 46, 34, and he didn't miss. He only attempted 10 free throws and made them all. Um, Man, I didn't realize he played that much or scored that well. Yeah, I guess the market probably will be a little bit higher for Clarkson. Um, That is – it's kind of wild (laughs) that – Jordan Clarkson, I mean, we were talking full circle with Dwight Howard. It would be equally cool to see Clarkson come back and win <laughs> a title. Absolutely, yeah. Um, because he was basically the start of the rebuild. Um, so I would, I would be for it. But like I said, he's certainly not a like-for-like replacement with Rondo. Um, he does a lot of things differently that – may make him more valuable. He's obviously a much better shooter, and teams will respect him as a shooter way more than they did Rondo. Um, even through the playoffs when Rondo was hitting, like, over 50% of his threes, teams were still hesitant to close out to him. They'll close out to Clarkson. Um, he has some value playing next to LeBron. Uh, or excuse me, some history playing next to LeBron. So whatever that's worth. Um, I don't know. It'd be interesting. Honestly, I would probably prefer Austin Rivers. Yeah. I think he's, he like I said, he'll be cheaper. Um, he's a, I mean, they're roughly, Rivers is actually a couple hundreds, actually thousands of a percentage point better from three over his career. Um, then Clarkson is Rivers is basically a higher floor, maybe a lower ceiling. Um, except that one random playoff game, I think, with the Clippers where he torched the Rockets, um, and was doing the hardened pot yeah. thing, <laughs> which was amazing. But, uh, I think Austin Rivers is someone they absolutely should go after because even if they bring. Yeah, probably even if they bring back Rondo because he provides shooting that the team needs. I think he's a decent defender, um, especially if he's basically going to be a backup guard. Um, And I think he could probably play some three. Um, Yeah, he did for the Clippers and has for the Rockets on a few occasions. So that's an interesting point. Yeah, and... I mean, there were times the Lakers played three-guard lineups anyway, so you could get away with it with Rivers as well. So I think his versatility and his skill set probably makes more sense, even if, as I said, it would be – I hadn't thought of it, but it would be really cool if Clarkson came back and won a ring as well. I'll say this. I think Jordan Clarkson is probably the anti-Caruso. I think they'd balance each other out. It's like I am here for a Caruso-Clarkson backcourt. <laughs> just extremely low basketball IQ and no regard for the types of shots he's taking. I would. I think Caruso might demand a trade. <laughs> Imagine going from, if you're Caruso, going from playing next to Rondo in the backcourt to playing next to Clarkson. Like... It's such a drastic change, but yeah, I that would be fun as hell. I mean, in a lot of ways, they kind of complement each other, but yeah, yeah, it would be a drastic change. <laughs> Clarkson, I, like we said, there's really, I think Augustine honestly might be the closest example of kind of like a, it's not even like for like, but as a similar point guard as Rondo, just because he's a veteran who's been around and can run the offense. But after him, like, I, Jeff Teague honestly might be the next like veteran, best veteran like point guard that you're just looking to like run an offense. So you got to kind of get creative. Maybe that just means LeBron takes more of a role as a point guard and can't play off the ball as much next season if Rondo doesn't come back. I don't. They would have to get creative with how they do it. But yeah, if they don't bring back Rondo, it'll be interesting to see how they or who they go after to kind of fill that hole. All up Taylor Horton Tucker, baby. See what he can do. I mean, <laughs> let, let him run. <laughs> there's an argument to just bring him, similar to Kaycock, to just promote him. Like, Let's or maybe go. they, maybe they 
keep their first-round pick and draft a guard. Or, I mean, we haven't really talked about that because, I mean, honestly, I haven't looked a ton at who the Lakers might get. But Yeah, they any just won a championship. You know how yeah. you were, like, get going on me about talking about trades and free agency after they won a championship? I, I'm still not ready to talk about the draft, and it's in, like, mm-hmm. less than two weeks. The only thing about the draft I've obviously followed is LaMelo and, like, the top of it. Yeah. I have no idea, <laughs> like, who the Lakers are even really looking at. Um, but I there earnestly would be an argument. I mean, you've seen the scouting department hasn't missed in, like, years now. Like, I'm trying to think of the last draft pick they probably missed on was Anthony Brown, maybe. Like yeah, I think an argument can be made for Mo Wagner just because of where he was picked. But even he had like a really productive start to last season that that, that was, really surprised me. That was also sounds yeah. like it was a magic pick and not right. a scouting department. But also the scouting department wanted uh, I can't think of his name. The big man from Villanova, the guy that they wanted, hasn't exactly oh, lit. Amari Spellman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he hasn't exactly lit the world on fire either. But, um, I mean, I'm looking at Tankathon. Trey Jones, a point guard, is who they list right now as the Lakers taking. That would be. He's a defensive-minded point guard. He, I think, he would be able to step in and provide minutes right away. Um, so they, they may be able to find someone that contribute that can contribute right away with that pick. I don't know if they ultimately hold on to it. Maybe they package it to get off a salary like JaVale or Avery Bradley or something like that. But uh, that is another realistic option. I am Jacob, these these next few weeks are going to be so interesting. I don't know how the NBA is going to honor its, like, trade embargoes when it comes to draft picks because under normal circumstances um at least in the circumstances the lakers are in currently they'd have to wait 30 days to trade their pick because they cannot trade their pick this year just straight up as a pick they'd have to trade it as a player wait 30 days to do that uh draft takes place on the 18th Season starts December 22nd. You wait 30 days to trade a guy this year. <laughs> it's, it, not, it, it's not yeah, going to happen. Yeah, I was going to say, it, they, there won't be a 30-day wait. I hadn't thought of that. There's so many things that are like, like I was thinking, I was looking the other day, like the rookie eligible extensions are for, like for a guy like Kuzma. Uh, I was looking for Lonzo, Josh Hart as well. That usually starts on... July 1 or whenever the right. agency starts and runs up to the day before the season starts. So in this case would be December 21st. That, like we just said, is – I mean, that's going to be probably less than a month. And Figure it out. <laughs> yeah, considering how, like, cram-packed the, uh, the offseason is going to be, that would be something I'd imagine would go on the back burner for some teams. So – I thought, I believe Brian Windhorst may have just mentioned it in passing. Lord knows I will not say it was a report from him. Um, that they might just extend it a couple weeks into the season. Yeah, that makes which sense. Which ultimately seems like it would be the a thing that makes sense. But there's so many things like, like that, like you mentioned the embargo, this rookie deadline or rookie eligible extension deadline that I haven't really thought of that are going to be these are the things they have to figure out. It is wild to think that in what probably 45 days, we're going to be talking about the season again. Yeah, training training camp starts December 1st. The draft is November 18th. The trade window will probably open a few days before that. I'm I'm guessing that Monday. So uh assuming we keep doing these weekly this could be our last like off-season preview podcast before we go full into the off-season i wish i could say i'm excited (laughs) it was a year-long season i don't know how to feel maybe i'll feel better about it once it starts but good lord i feel for the athletes 
but I also feel for me. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, we uh, pour one out for us, I guess. I know nobody <laughs> feels bad for us. Uh, this is a lot because usually you get, even just, I mean, just in general as a fan, like, as a fan, I'm still not over the high of, like, the Lakers winning. Like, I'm, I've still routinely went back and watched highlights from the playoffs, and it's like training camp's in less than a month. Like, I saw Caruso said he took, like, a week off after the bubble. I think Kuzma said it was, like, 11 days off. Yeah. Um, I mean, these guys are not going to get – any time off before they have to jump back into it. And also, like, for guys from the Lakers, the Heat, a lot of these teams that went deep, the Nuggets, the Celtics, like, their off-seasons are going to be so short that, like, realistically, what improvements can some of these guys make? Yeah. Because, like... I don't know. Yeah, you typically, you're able to improve in the off-season because you have two months to just work on those specific things. Whereas now you have like six weeks, if you're lucky, like I can't remember exactly when the uh, finals ended, but 11 days after it, you're talking probably like November 1st, if Kuzma started, he's going to have almost exactly one month until uh, training camp opens to improve on what I'm not really sure like it's going to be really interesting to see some of those aspects um because yeah this is this is going to be a it was already a really weird season last year it's going to be a really weird season next year but eventually I'll be excited for it for now I'm still <laughs> I'm still reveling in the fact that the Lakers are world champions dude James Wiseman is going to get drafted and then play likely start like heavy minutes for the Golden State Warriors who will have title aspirations. No, no summer league. <laughs> Barely a training is, camp. This is what I thought you were going to mention, but this applies to both Wiseman and LaMelo. They'll both have gone just shy oh. of 13 months without yeah. playing a competitive basketball game what the hell? when they start on opening <laughs> night. That's crazy. Yeah, James Wiseman, I forgot his season ended uh, very abruptly. Um, that's nuts. Luckily, whoever's Lakers job probably won't be in that position. Um, they'll just be locked in a, I, I'm guessing, like a walk-in closet with Phil Handy until they know how to play <laughs> basketball. Um, yes. But, I mean... Who knows? Not me. Uh, it doesn't sound like the NBA knows exactly what they're doing yet either. But uh, we'll we'll wait and see. Jacob, thanks for thanks for joining me as always, and thank you guys all for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure to leave a review and check out the rest of the shows on our podcast network. We are here daily, except for uh, the weekends, obviously, because those are for us. And um, yeah. This was a fun show. We'll talk to you guys next week.